1: Adi Oladipo here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on Talksport Two, myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville.
2: This is Fight Night Extra on Talksport Two.
1: If you love your boxing and your MMA, this is the show for you. Final extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're going to discuss the postponement of Saturday night's all-female card, headlined by Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall. We are going to hear from the promoter of that event, Ben Shalom, about why it was right to call off the event after the passing of the Queen late last week. We'll also be turning our attention to a huge trilogy fight this weekend as Saul Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin take to the ring For a third time, we'll ask if Triple G can upset the odds against one of the world's finest fighters at the grand old age of 40. Uh, Less than two weeks to go before one of the biggest fights in the heavyweight division this year between Joseph Parker and Joe Joyce. We are going to be speaking to Parker shortly about his preparations for the fight and why he believes it can catapult him towards a world title shot. And plus, we're going to discuss an incredible night in the UFC at the weekend, which saw one of the organization's biggest names, Nate Diaz, bow out of a win over Tony Ferguson. Look, don't go anywhere. This is final Extra on TalkSport 2. Gareth, let's um, kick things off uh, with the cancellation of uh, the Savannah Marshall, Clarissa Shields fight, obviously the co-main event as well. Alicia Baumgardner, Michaela Meyer, all-female fight. Um, it was taken by, I guess, Ben Shalom and Adam Smith with advice from the British Boxing Board of Control to postpone the event until October the 15th. First question, straight off the bat, was it the right decision?
2: Definitely the right decision, and I think in the, as time plays out in, with the, with the, with the longness of time, we'll look back on it and see that it was the right decision. I, in my view, um, I know you don't share that view, but we'll we'll we can talk around this because, yeah. I think, when I was at the press conference on Thursday and events were unfolding, and we were at the Plaza Hotel in Canary Wharf, and you know, suddenly newsreaders were appearing in in black ties and um, there was a sombre mood coming over the nation. A huge announcement was coming. Mm. I think when the reality of, I'm going to call her the mother of the nation passing away after 70 years as the monarch, um, for whatever feelings you have about royalty or the monarchy or anything like that, this person had an extraordinary life. Queen Elizabeth II had an extraordinary life. And that's played out. It's still playing out in terms of the extraordinary journalism that's being written about her, um, the extraordinary footage that's being put out of a life that was literally faultless, um, a life of sacrifice, a life of, um, of, of service. <clears throat> and I think there's two ways to look at it. Events could have gone ahead And it could have been a celebration in the venues, as it was in some, Uh, you know, God Save the King was sung at Lords, wasn't uh, the Oval, rather, at the cricket. Um, It could have been a celebration of that. It could have been a celebration of women's sports as well. But I think, I think it was the boxing board that took the decision, by the way, rather than the promoters or the broadcasters. And I think as we look back on it, as we look back on this period, there were There'll be some voices like your own that are not sure whether we should have really stopped the event because other sporting events went ahead and boxing is very different. But I was pleased in the end that we we weren't at a fight night event on Saturday night and that it was a national day of mourning. Um, and it, we weren't in a raucous atmosphere, atmosphere with fights going on and that instead we were reflecting on 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 the passing of someone who is an extraordinary character in history, who never gave an opinion about people who did some amazing things in their life, who who I think who helped a lot of unity in a lot of countries. You can look at history and monarchy and imperialism and colonialism, all, till the cows come home and and, and you can do that all over the world, all over society for 10,000 years. But this is definitely a remarkable life and I just think it was the right decision in the end. It felt instinctively right. Thursday night I had a wander down to Button (laughs) Palace with uh, my umbrella up and it was sombre, it was raining, a lot of people down there Um, and yeah I I think ultimately it was the right decision especially, especially if they managed to get the event over the line for October the
1: 15th. Yeah I guess that's the big thing is that if uh, for October the 15th all the stars aligned Uh, for the weekend just gone all the fighters were healthy it was a full fight card no excuses from anyone and we know how difficult it is for especially ladies as well to make weight i think that's something people don't discuss really um it's very very difficult so they're gonna have to then on the cusp of weighing in now they're gonna have to rehydrate and then make weight again october the 15th so let's hope that everyone is okay and that the fight card does go ahead i guess look my response at the time and it's a difficult one by the way and I, i appreciate that as well it's a difficult one. Some sports, as you say, went ahead, the cricket, the rugby. I think horse racing went ahead on Sunday and some football and boxing didn't. And you can, you can see how those sports are divided into certain camps. Some people will say that those other sports that went ahead are kind of, you know, elitist sports and maybe football and boxing aren't. And the rowdiness with regards to them as well, the noise that will be made from certain sections of those sporting events might be a problem. But look, in the end, it's a difficult decision. It has been made. And I just hope, like you said, that the event does go ahead October the 15th, because unlike other sports, boxers simply don't get paid if they don't fight. Not everyone is attached to, you know, sponsors like AJ has and others have. If these ladies don't fight, there, there is no paycheck. Um, whereas football, you get paid every single week and you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of pounds. Boxing just isn't like that. Uh, let's hear from promoter of the event, Ben Shalom. He spoke with Talk Sport and explained why it was the right call to call off the event despite the consequences it had on the fighters.
2: Given that this was such a huge celebration, given that this was a huge night of entertainment, given that I actually think boxing is slightly different to other sports in terms of the level of entertainment and brutality and noise that it creates, it was a difficult one to take, don't get me wrong, but ultimately accepted the board's decision of think all the fighters
3: did. And yes, organisationally and business-wise, it's... It's a disaster, but I think sometimes um, on unique, very unique occasions like this, when you
2: have to, you have to almost mm. accept, accept it.
1: Uh, ben Shalom there, speaking to Talk Sport. Um, He goes on to kind of just say, and you heard it there, Gav, kind of what I said as well a- about the difference, I guess, between boxing and football. We can put them in the same bubble and the other events that went on. Maybe they are a bit more rowdy. Or maybe it is a bit more livelier. And maybe that ultimately... Was the decision that the British Boxing Board of Control sort of took when they made it?
2: Yeah, I think there is more of a solemnity to the other sports, and I, you have to take all the points on board that <clears throat> that you know the fighters don't get paid if they fight, that it is difficult, they're tapering towards a weight cut and towards training camp, and it reflects a different light on the fact that you know that what are we talking uh, thirty five five weeks later the fight takes place now, mm. and that that. is a difficult thing for them because what do they do do they rest for a week and then do they go back into camp it's it there isn't an algorithm there isn't a book on it there is you know so they've got to create their own algorithm for that um they're all great professionals i mean you saw a little bit of outpouring from um Baumgardner and Mayer and 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 Shields yeah you know when they were still stuck in the hotels on Saturday night and um, looking over at the O2 Arena from their balconies <laughs> yeah, and I doing drama, it, yeah. <laughs> and because because at that moment they were they were thinking about you know oh this would have been my moment, but mm. um all, all will be not all will not be lost in my view, you know, um, you know it's well, I, I suppose that was your viewpoint as well was that you know if they can get the fight, I don't know when, because I remember you putting a tweet out saying, I wish the boxing was going ahead. Yeah. Was that, was that, was that before? Um... Yeah, that was, that
1: was before I knew about the announcement.
2: Yeah, that was right. that was yeah. a case yeah. of
1: obviously Her Majesty the Queen has passed and there were rumors circulating that events are going to be canceled and I was like wow you know we've been How waiting do you put it on thing. again? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, how do you put it on again? Yeah. We've been waiting yeah. all the most a year really for yeah. Savannah Clarisha. Yeah. And then you just don't know with injuries that they spar again you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But but fingers crossed um stars are aligned. You mentioned sort of the 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 um the tributes that boxers have given to Her Majesty the Queen. There were some lovely tributes as well. Um, from the likes of Frank Warren. This is what he had to say about the legacy of Queen Elizabeth. So, I mean, she came on the throne,
3: I think it was the month I was born, so sort of 70 years ago. And uh, I mean, it's amazing what she'd done. I mean, she devoted her life to, uh, to the service of the country. And uh, and she was, I suppose, well, she was the stability of the country, wasn't she? was mm-hmm. through some difficult times and and uh, and was loved by everybody. I can't think of anybody who... You know who 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 didn't have a strong, you know, strong emotional bond as far as the Queen was concerned. You know, Queen and country—that's what it's always been about.
1: Frank Warren there paying tribute to Queen Elizabeth. Uh, there will be more tributes throughout the show here as well. That was Frank Warren speaking uh, to the boys on Fight Night on Saturday. Uh, Gareth, before we go to the break, we just want to mention some news that broke uh, last night. Rumours circulating that Chris Banksino is looking to pull his son out of the fight. With Connor Ben, we know that you have spoke with Rob Smith from the British Boxing Board of Control. Can you update us? What is going on? There's a lot of panic on social media right now that this fight won't go ahead. I believe it will. What can you tell us?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think you know it's um the, the, when was the press conference? A month ago. Yeah. Um, senior had a chance to say something then about it. Um, he's obviously made this statement, and I, I spoke to the Boxing Board of Control this morning, Robert Smith who said to me that there are no concerns at this time. They're monitoring Chris Eubanks Jr.'s weight all the way up to the fight, something that they've done many times um, when things like this happen. Um, They they will do regular weight checks with him all the way up to the fight. And as you say, there's no concerns at this time. Um, And that, you know... The fight's going ahead, and I can't see why Chris Eubank Jr., other than his father refusing to be in his corner with him. He's got Ronnie Davis anyway in his corner. Um, that, that's the only kind of scuttling that's going on in, in terms of negativity for Chris Eubank Jr. It's not going to help him that his father has now decided that he doesn't want to fight. But if I, if I recall rightly, Chris Eubank Jr. also did an interview with me a little while back saying how... His father said, "Hold on and do the fight in a stadium next year when it was um, when it was would be an even bigger fight." So. Um, you have to respect the feelings of the father here in some ways, I think, because he's concerned for his son. And Sebastian passed away last year as well. And, you know, that was a big moment for the family and it's tragedy for the family. And maybe it's made him just reflect and he's just expressing his views.
1: Yeah, and look, it's a a difficult weight cut, 157 pounds. And then there's this rehydration clause put in as well where he can't come above 168. Do you think there's any wiggle room there? Do you think there is a case of, I don't know, Team Ben coming together with Team Eubanks said, okay, look, 158, maybe a pound, 159.
2: I don't think it's about that. And, and you know, my understanding is that the the weight check on him is 11 in the morning on the Saturday.
1: Oh, yeah. okay. Okay.
2: So, you know, he's going to be able to rehydrate between then and in the 11 or eight, say, eight, nine, 10 hours before they yeah. fight. That's my understanding, by the way. Um, mm. So, no, I, I, I mean, I mean, I remember, I remember Tony Sims, um, Connor Ben's uh, trainer, also saying, if Chris is above a certain weight, the fight won't go ahead anyway.
1: If okay. you recall, yeah, um, yeah. So
2: it's complex. You know, it's, it's a, it's a fight that that has excited the nation mm. because of what happened between their fathers thirty years ago. There is a, an element of gimmickry in this fight. There's no question about it. Uh, one is coming up and one is coming down. Um, it's the perfect time to meet in terms of it being a prize fight. Yeah. That's what it is, the prize fight. And, and the I, prize
1: is so, a lot as well. Um
2: but it but it's uh it's fascinating. it is it, fascinating. And and with Chris Eubank, uh, with the Eubanks and the Bens involved, there was always gonna be some drama on the way to the fight anyway. And we've got a little bit here.
1: Yeah, indeed. Uh, look, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Uh, we have some big breaking news, by the way. We're going to discuss it in the next section. But still to come, we'll reflect on an eventful night at UFC 279. We are going to hear from Joe jo- Joseph Parker ahead of his fight with Joe Joyce next week. But up next, we're going to discuss the trilogy between Canelo Alvarez and Gennady Golovkin. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2 and myself, Adil Lodipo, Gareth A. Davis alongside me as well. You heard me mention the big breaking news before the break. The big breaking news is AJ's management company, 258 Management, have accepted all the terms for the mega showdown with Tyson Fury. This fight, ladies and gentlemen, again, this is the big breaking news. will go ahead. Uh, Gareth, I know that you know everything that happens behind the scenes in boxing. There's no doubt as we are doing this now, you're probably uh, repping your articles and getting things out. What can you tell us? It looks like we are going to see this fight in December.
2: Yeah, no, we are. I think we are. I was getting soundings. um, Had Frank Warren on on the phone anyway over the weekend. And he said they didn't want to talk about it. I've been getting soundings from my sources that it really, that Joshua had bitten the bullet and he thought, you know what, I'm going to take it. And I think it might even be December the 3rd, but I think they'll stretch it in the end to December the 17th in Cardiff. Um, It'll be one of those two dates. Um, And that, you know, Joshua's actually, this is what I've heard. He's just mm. thought, you know what? I might as well take this fight now. Um, I, I, I think, again, just to go back to the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, I think when big, and this is where I think we do have to have um, kind of not, not, not be in a, in a too quick world sometimes where we, where we don't stop to consider things and we don't stop to reflect. Um, I've got a feeling yeah, that The events last week also made Joshua and his team think, you know what, look how quickly the world can change. Look how quickly things can change in the world. I'll just take my opportunity now. Um, uh, I think that the risks for Joshua are that if he gets badly beaten in this fight, if it's a great fight and, and it's a points victory for Fury and Joshua shows, shows improvements again... I think we'll get two fights with them, frankly. Um, but if he, you know, if he if he gets schooled and if he gets knocked out, if, if Fury does, I if Fury, if Fury does a number on Joshua, and he may not, um, it's heavyweight boxing at the end of the day, and Joshua's throwing all his chips in here. I think it's a great move.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, as I said, I didn't think it was the right time for him to take it. If he wanted to have five, six, seven fights and see out the DAZN contract and all those kind of things. Mm. Because it's a big risk against definitely the number one heavyweight in the division and the number one for a long time, you know, the, the best heavyweight for a long time. And I think... <laughs> but I hate to say this, but if it doesn't go right for Joshua in this fight, it could be his last fight.
1: It Look... It- it could be, and, and I I agree with you here. I said that Joshua's got a big decision to make. Do you do you have the biggest British fight of all time, and it still is that numbers will show how big it is when it is um, when it's all said and done, or do you almost get your confidence back? But we saw him, and look, we saw him pretty much have a breakdown at the end of his last fight. Do you get your confidence back? Get a couple of wins against quote unquote easier fights, maybe a couple more camps with Robert Garcia. Um, or do you go straight for Tyson Fury? And I almost feel like it could be a win for both. AJ is desperate to fight, if you like, one of the biggest names of this era. I know people might say Usyk, but it always was Fury and Wilder. He now gets to do that. And for Fury, I've always said that when it comes to Fury, and we, we're having this all-time great discussion about heavyweights, there needs to be some names on that resume for me for Fury. It, it is now starting to build that. We've backed about Wilder fights, a Dillian White fight. An AJ fight, potentially an Usyk fight down the line as well. And I think the most important thing here is it looks like British fight fans are the winners because it looks like, and again, you'll probably know a bit more about this than I do, Gareth. It looks like the fight could happen over here.
2: Oh, no, no, I think it is. I think it is here. And that's I think, massive. Yeah, no, I know think, I think it is. I think it will be Cardiff, unless they've had an, an extraneous offer coming over the last three or four days. But, mm. um, you know, George Warren, Eddie Hearn, Bob Aaron was over here last week, which yeah. helped, I yeah. think... Um, you know, Frank, you know, it's, it's on the surface, Bob Arum and Frank Warren don't get on with Eddie Hearn. You know, we, we see all the barbs all the time, but, um, you know, in uh, on reflect, I wrote a column last week, kind of an old school message really was that Joshua needs to rebuild and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and and progress, but I I read
1: that. I read that and I agreed with everything you said in that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: but but it was, it, it was put out there, not as not, not. Because, you know, the, the, the world out there, the boxing fandom, of, co- of course I want to see the fight this year. Of course I want to. But I was just trying to give a perspective on a longevity for Joshua mm. uh, in, in his career. Um, but maybe maybe that's not the right thing. You know, maybe, you know, like I said as well, after, after his reaction to losing to Jusik, the shackles are off him. Yeah. And, and that this is a sign that shackles are off yeah. You know, flip it, as they'd say, flip it. I'm going to do it. You know, could have used an expletive there, but it's not. It's like he's he's going. Yeah, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go for this fight. I'm going to go for this fight to give my all against Fury. Massive event for for British boxing fans, and I do hope this isn't uh, a false positive. Today. What if?
1: What if Gareth? And you, look, you mentioned the possibility of him. You know. Potentially getting beaten badly and then calling it quits. What if he just loses? And then that's four out of his last six that he's lost. How big of a star still is he? Bear in mind he has signed this mega deal with the zone. If he does lose again, and that'll be three in a row.
2: How does he lose? But how, but just how say does- say
1: he loses wide? 117, 112. Yeah, wide.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's still a Dillian White fight there, and there's still a Deontay Wilder fight there.
1: Yeah. Okay
2: but it's 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 how he looks in there if if he shows improvement again you know what fury's going to do he's going to move and bamboozle him and tie him up and move him quickly and tie him up and and try and confuse anthony you know as he does with so many opponents um, but i think there'll be moments of drama in the fight uh, I, 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 I i i really do as well i really think there'll be moments of drama and and what you've got to remember with fury is that even though he goes out and he calls them bum dossers and this that and the other, and he does take his opponents really seriously. I've been remember I've had the privilege of being in his changing room in his dressing room twice before he's walked out to fight wilder, just moments before he walks out and he is in the zone. He's almost I've said it's almost trance like Eddie you know um he will be taking joshua very seriously because this is legacy failing for him if he loses because yeah. then they've got to have look i mean
1: for boxing for oh, boy it's, a, it's an incredible story <laughs> if it's aj incredible. wins for boxing yeah, it's yeah. it's ridiculous
2: yeah absolutely ridiculous, yeah. I, absolutely i mean it's great that it's on it's it's yeah. great that it, that it that it's seemingly on you know it, it, and it, we're, all, it, we're all over it today, yeah.
1: yeah. We certainly are. And look, we're we're going to cover this in many, many more fight nights and final extras uh, before we get to December 3rd. And fingers crossed we do get there. Uh, let's talk about a fight we know 100 percent's happening, and that's this weekend, T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, the trilogy. Four years in the making, this trilogy, between... Five? Macon, five, five, apologies, you're right. Five, five. years in the making yeah. between uh, Canelo and GGG. Look at what Canelo's done since their second fight gone on to become undisputed at 168, won a belt at 175, fought Dimitri Bivol. GGG hasn't really done that much since then. What chance do you give a 40 year old GGG going up eight pounds to 168 to take on Canelo?
2: We're talking about weight a lot, aren't we? <laughs> um, yeah, um, look, the romantic in me, and I'm not often like this, the, 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 the philosopher in me, the romantic, the, 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 the man that, that would love to see poetic justice, Oh, wants to I like see that. the. I love that. Yeah, wants to see the Gennady Golovkin of old, blocking stuff, impervious to punches, mm. walking through walls, and just having those freakishly powerful levers that that,
3: <laughs> that, that that just hurt
2: people. The reality is that Father Time waits for no man, certainly no fighter, no woman, female fighter. So, um, he was slow against R- Ryoto Murata at the beginning. And Ryoto Morata is, is a very, for those listening, Ryoto Morata is a very fine boxer. I'm pretty sure he was an Olympic gold medalist.
1: Olympic all, gold medalist. London, world, London. World, yeah, world London. championship silver medalist. Yeah, really London amateur, was London, yeah.
2: the gold was well, London. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> very, very fine boxer out of a very strong Japanese tradition. But Gennady looked a little bit slow starting in that fight and a bit vulnerable to body shots. Mm. which is exactly where Canelo Alvarez targets, of course. He puts out those amazing videos of him going, dipping and going up with that left to the body, the most famous punch he has that was spotted early. Um, So um, I think Canelo is quite a big favourite in this fight. Um, They're going into the 25th round scale. It's been a high-level boxing match so far. Canelo is more of a bruiser now than he ever was. He, He just seems to attack opponents really well. I think there may be a big size differential that we notice this time in terms of the bulking of the fighters. Canelo was always very terse Yeah, his neck Um, very stout and fit. Exactly, exactly. You know, very hench, isn't he? Yeah, hench, hench, hench. Yeah, Yeah. and 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 I don't know. It was. I've been at live at the last twenty four rounds between them, so it it was amazing. Um, I think it could be a close fight again, but it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think Canelo will stop Golovkin, but that's because I've got so much history with Golovkin and being around his fights and seeing how tough he is. But the big 4-0 could tell. I mean, there's an argument that the first fight was Golovkin's and the second one was a draw, by the way.
1: By you the know? way, that, that's why when you mentioned Poet Justice at the top there, I, I would love to see Gennady Golovkin win. I would, I would absolutely love yeah. it. Big fan of his, the way he's conducted himself in and out of the ring. He's gave me so many great nights watching him. Um, just as a fan, not working in boxing, just as a fan, I've loved sort of watching what he's done for the sport and even just the way he's sort of, you know, his English is improved and he's able to sell the fights. And I would love it. But like you, I, I can't see it. I just don't want him to get stopped. I, I, that would hurt me, him being yeah. stopped. But um, I think it's going to be a good fight. I think it's going to surprise a few people. I don't think it's going to be sort of just um, one way Canelo. Bear in mind, Canelo is coming off a loss as well. Um, so mentally, where is he? But I think it's going to be a really, really good fight. You'll listening to Final Extra on Talksport. 2. Still to come, we are going to reflect on Nate Diaz's swan song at UFC 279. But up next, we're going to be speaking with Mr. Joseph Parker. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on Talk Sport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth a. Davis with you. Next week, one of the most anticipated fights in the heavyweight division comes to the UK as Joseph Parker and Joe Joyce meet at the AO Arena in manchester i caught up with parker yesterday to look ahead to the fight and asked how it felt to finally be fighting joe joyce after months of back and forth between the pair joseph parker there gareth in in great spirits you heard me say like how are you so sort of jovial and sort of in good spirits leading up to such what you know is going to be a very very difficult fight against joe joyce you heard him mention sort of being in camp with tyson fury as well and i wonder that's just sort of sort of seeping through tyson fury looks like he loves camp and i feel like joe's Joseph Park has almost become that as well now.
2: Yeah, look, um, the fact that uh, Tyson Fury will have an extra zipping in, uh, yeah. the runs will be earlier, the, the talk <laughs> will be louder, the, the body sparring together will be more frequent. If this Joshua fight is now going ahead, it will give an extra zip and feeling to the last couple of weeks uh, of his camp uh, by the way of course we haven't mentioned it that fight night is live on Talksport. the whole team's up there in manchester for parker and joyce which is brilliant for joyce parker so can't wait to be up there it's a big fight in the heavyweight division even though it's not necessarily one that's going to set fire to the whole world eddie it's a really big fight outside the top four the top five joshua fury Yusick, um, Wilder, this is a big fight massive, in the heavyweight
1: division. It's big
2: because it puts it puts some um, the winner in the waiting room, and it's a big test for Joe Joyce. A real step up in level, a former WBO uh, heavyweight champion, a guy that's been twelve rounds with Anthony Joshua, some great fights with Dillian White and Chisora. He's he's part of the fabric of our of our heavyweight scene here as Joe Parker. So, and he's a great, he's a fantastic human being at the end of the day as well.
1: Yeah, Joseph Parker's fought the better opposition again, former world champion. Uh, I mentioned that Andy Ruiz's win looks better and better now as time goes on. Uh, Joe Joyce, though, the slight favourite just because of this momentum that he's on, um, unbeaten, he seems to be the fighter that no one can stop right now. Who do you make as a favourite, Gareth?
2: I I think Joe Joyce, just to pip it, you know, to come strong in the late rounds and uh, take a decision. Uh, in this fight. but I think it will be pretty close. I think it's going to be pretty close. Really looking forward to it. Sem- September 24th, uh, Manchester Arena uh, with uh, with BT Sport, of course, and, uh, and Talk Sport there as well.
1: Talk Sport will be there as well. Um, again, thank you so much for, for BT Sport for allowing us to do that interview as well. But it is live on Talk Sport, as Gareth said, and live on BT Sport. All right, you'll listen to Final Extra on Talk Sport 2. Next up, we're talking UFC 279 and a final fight in the UFC for now for Nate Diaz. And the company's newest villain, Hamzat Jemayev. How do you look so relaxed when you got such a big fight? I don't know how you do
3: it. I don't know how you do it. Uh, listen, when you put in the work, yeah, and you're enjoying every, like every part of camp, mm. the training, the eating, the relaxing, the game, whatever it is, playing poker with the boys. Yeah, it's like you're in a good, uh, you're in a good place and a good space going into the fight.
1: How was it now under Andy Lee? This is what a few fight camps now since you left Kevin what's it been like under andy andy seems like such a cool guy work with him a lot he's so relaxed what's it been like
3: i i enjoy working with andy um i had eight years of kevin and we achieved a lot but moving here and and working with andy it's um i feel like revived as a fighter Mm. and i feel got a lot more the passion that i did sort of lose for boxing i got it right back yeah Yeah. and um i I love it i love i love everything i love camp life i do miss my family but i love camp life Mm. i love like the that's all we do right i think all the fighters out there know that's train eat sleep repeat and it's um getting you in the top shape for the fight and i'm just i'm loving you remember of it
1: so much success with kevin as you say look you became world champion uh, that that fight now that i feel like it's gone bigger than andy ruiz we're now looking back because of what andy's done in his <laughs> career it's gone bigger but i remember watching the junior Far fight, and i was, remember thinking personally okay joseph maybe looks a bit flat here this isn't the joseph parker that we know certainly not the joseph parker that we've seen now did it just become maybe a bit stale under Kevin?
3: Uh stale and it was just the same, same. And it's there's no one to blame. Yeah. It's just one of those things where I just needed change. Mm-hmm. And I needed I needed a new environment. I needed a, a new coach and a new team. And like you said, nothing wrong with the old team. Very thankful and grateful, but it's what I needed to do at this stage of my career. And wholeheartedly I, I felt like I made the right move. And we've seen improvements in the first Tesoro fight, the second one a lot better, and this is my third camp of Andy, so I'm going to make this the best camp.
1: Yeah. I, I was there for the Chisora fight, and look, you've had some good performances um, over the years, but I said to everyone that could hear me, that's the best Joseph Parker I've seen in terms of... Everyone always says, Joseph, you know, he starts slow sometimes. You went straight at Chisora that time. Is that the Joseph Parker now going forward? Sort of fast start, good engine, action, output?
3: I think so. Listen, I think so. I think so, because... I'm tired of being involved in boring fights. And I have been involved in boring fights where I've just boxed and moved around and just got the points and didn't really engage. Like, I want to be all part of the action. I mm. want all the action. I want to engage and I want to get right right in there. Obviously be smart with the boxing, but make it more, um,
1: just make it more exciting. Yeah. And that that's what you're giving us. Again, that Jazora performance was as good as it got, right? Going forward now, Joe Joyce, uh, a different animal you know, the juggernaut, everyone says, oh, you know, he's got a chin that can't be detonated. How do you prepare for, for someone like that when you know it probably, likely will go the 12 rounds?
3: Yeah, listen, I, I, if you look at it, everyone thinks it'll go the 12 rounds because we're both durable. Or I see a lot of people say that I'm going to get stopped because he's, you know, he's got this big engine and he's, he's a power pow puncher. And he punches in combinations. And, you know, he he punches in bunches. Mm. He chases you down, puts you on the back foot. But... You know, what? it just comes down to the training that you put in and the sparring partners that you have. And if you prepare well and properly for the person that you're fighting, like, I have no worries. I have no doubts that I've done everything right in this camp. And I'm going into this fight full
1: of confidence that I can put it on him. Mm. It's strange how you both wanted this. I I look at it from a normal human standpoint. I'm like, why would both of these guys want to do this? Like, why would you want to fight the juggernaut? Why would the juggernaut want to fight... You, there? it was close to not happening, we know. I remember Frank announced it at that Fury White show and then it didn't happen and now it's happening. Why do you want to fight Joe? Like there are other fights out there for you. Why Joe Joyce?
3: You know, from the Chisora fight, I felt that I improved as a fighter with Andy. And for me, it's not about going backwards. It's about going forwards. And the person that's in front of me ranked highly above me in the WBC and WBO is Joe Joyce. And a lot of people sort of stepped away from wanting to fight him. I want to go straight for it and I want the challenge. Mm. And I made it clear to, to Sky and to Boxer when I did sign with them that please can you guys go out there and try and make this fight happen. So I'm very thankful to the team that I have because uh, now they've made it happen. And I, we're, all, we're, all, we're both fighting on BT Sports. And once I, do, once I do beat them in September, the rematch is going to be on Sky.
1: Joseph, are you surprised by the loving that you get from the UK fight fans? I mean, we've seen you over here. Look, some good fights, some defeats but they seem to really get behind you. And that's quite rare, right? I mean, normally, like this fight, I, I genuinely believe if you asked ask 100 Brits, you're fighting a Brit, but I think it would be split down the line on who they want to win. Does that surprise you?
3: It does surprise me. And, uh, you know, I was just thankful for everyone here. In the UK, like here in Morecambe, everyone calls me Morecambe Joe. Like, I'm <laughs> just like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like a local. Yeah. You know? so it's, uh, I am surprised and very thankful and grateful for the support I do get here. And I don't feel like I'm in a strange place. And I don't feel like I'm in a foreign country. Mm. I feel like I'm at home. And mm. I've, made, I've made this place my home.
1: Mm. Your, your mental state looks really good as well. Um, your mental strength, I think, has always been sort of top level. Has it gone up another level, sort of been in and around camp with Tyson Fury, who mental game for me is like through the roof?
3: Listen, when you, when you um, surround yourself with people who, like, some, like Tyson, you know, the champ, WBC champion of the world, and someone who has that mental capabilities of going far beyond what you know he people think he can achieve it's like when you surround yourself with these other people and andy lee talking to you every day about game plans about the fight about fight game about history history of boxing Mm. you only pick up your game and you only strengthen yourself physically and mentally
1: Mm. i think the heavyweight division right now is as good as it's ever been right so many big fights to be made wilder is now back we saw ruiz recently aj fury is it a case of chasing another title? Is it just a case of having great fights against these other good competitors?
3: The title is always what everyone dreams of having, and, and to be two time world champion is would be you know, fantastic. But my focus is just going fight by fight, enjoying the process, enjoying every moment of it because sometimes you think too far ahead that you don't enjoy the process of, of camp and of, of uh, you know just training sessions that you the runs that you do, then you miss out on it and you. You think after the fight, oh, I wish I sort of just was present. So now for me, it's just fight by fight. And the next person in front of me is Joyce. I'm going to give that full attention, mm. my full 100% attention.
1: Yeah, I understand. it be so right. A fantastic fight. I can't wait for it. You, you know, you mentioned your time with Andy Lee. Uh, this is now the third fight camp with Andy Lee. How long do you think it takes to get in sync with a trainer? You were with Kevin for so many years to the point where it was almost a case of you guys knew each other without even having to talk. How long do you yeah. think it takes to get in sync with a new trainer?
3: The first camp I had with Andy was about six to seven weeks, something six weeks. Mm. And we saw glimpses of the, the change that was uh, in process with me with Andy and I in that first camp. The second camp sort of solidified a lot of the the things that he was trying to teach me and, and I was understanding it a bit more. So I think it takes about ten weeks. But you have to keep practicing all these things when you're by yourself in your in your own country and when you're at home. Because if you don't practice it, you, you tend to forget about it you know, straight away. So I was practicing it every day in front of the <laughs> mirror, just looking at myself and, and practicing what Andy wanted me to do.
1: You mentioned that you're in Morecambe now. You're away from family. I know you're, you're a big family man. How difficult is it being, uh, being away from the wife and kids?
3: That's, for bo- for me, boxing is the hardest part is leaving the family. The, you know, training every day, I'm enjoying it. I'm, I'm loving being a being with the team, being in camp. But the only thing missing is, as the family, you know, and I do miss my kids. And when they go to school, they're crying and on the phone. They, you know, when are you going to come back? And how long you've been away for so long? So that is the hardest part. But I'm here to do it for myself first and foremost, and for them, my immediate family, my wife and kids. And uh, hopefully, we... in future, they'll be proud of what i
1: you know, what we've done. But I think they're proud now, Joseph, because you're achieving so much. You're in these big fights. As we kind of wrap up camp now, what do you do between now and the 24th? Give us an insight as to how what plays out in camp.
3: Yeah, this week will still be a solid, hard week of training. Uh, we got tomorrow, we got sparring, uh, Wednesday, strength work. You know, Thursday will be sparring again, Friday, depending on what Andy wants, might be sparring again. And then the week of the fight is when you sort of taper off and you do the, you know, the, the, the normal things: the press conference, uh, public workout of theirs one, and, and weigh-in.
1: Mm. Joseph, look, I think this is going to be an incredible fight, I, I really do. Um, I'll say this now, of, of all the fights that I think heavyweight fights this year, this is the one that I'm most looking forward to. As soon as this was announced, I was like, okay, we've got two guys here that I think are knocking on that door for a top five sort of ranking. Maybe some might say you guys are already there. And the winner of this is right at the door of a world title. So like, I think it's going to be a great fight. Just before I let you go, what can fans expect September 24th?
3: Listen, Joe Joyce brings it. And he's always in, you know, with his, uh, with his style, it's going to make it an entertaining fight. And I'm sure they're going to bring it as well. We've been working hard in camp. I'm in a great shape, mentally, physically. And um, I can't wait to be involved in a great fight come it comes to two 24.
1: Can I quickly just touch on, Joe, just probably let you go, I've got to ask you, you're a heavyweight fighter. You would have seen the AJ Usyk fight and how it played out. Uh, AJ with a new trainer, Robert Garcia. If you were to sort of give words of advice to AJ, is it stick with Robert Garcia and, and, and sort of learn from him, switch trainers? What, what would you do having switched from Kevin yourself?
3: You know, what's the first one? And if I take myself, I think a longer time of a trainer is better. Mm. You know, first camp is always just getting to know each other and changing a few things. Second camp sort of solidifies it more. And third camp, you can add more, you know, sort of tactics to your to your weapons. you know? So mm. I think if, if he has longer time with someone, I think uh, that's my advice anyways.
1: Joseph Parker there, Gareth, in, in great spirits. You heard me say like, how are you so sort of jovial and sort of in good spirits leading up to such what you know is going to be a very, very difficult fight against Joe Joyce. You heard him mention sort of being in camp with Tyson Fury as well. And I wonder if that's just sort of sort of seeping through. Tyson Fury looks like he loves camp. And I feel like Joe's, Joseph Park has almost become that as well now.
2: Yeah, look, um, the fact that uh, Tyson Fury will have an extra zipping in Uh, the runs will be earlier the the talk (laughs) will be louder the, the body sparring together will be more frequent if this joshua fight is now going ahead it will give an extra zip and feeling to the last couple of weeks uh, of his camp uh, by the way of course we haven't mentioned it that fight night is live on talk sport the whole team's up there in manchester for parker and joyce which is brilliant for joyce parker so can't wait to be up there it's a big fight in the heavyweight division even though it's not necessarily one that's going to set fire to the whole world eddie it's a really big fight outside the top four the top five joshua fury Yusick, um, Wilder, this is a big fight massive, in the heavyweight division.
1: Fight. It's big
2: because it puts it puts some um, the winner in the waiting room, and it's a big test for Joe Joyce. A real step up in level, a former WBO uh, heavyweight champion, a guy that's been twelve rounds with Anthony Joshua, some great fights with Dillian White and Chisora. He's he's part of the fabric of our of our heavyweight scene here, as Joe. Parker, so, and he's a great, he's a fantastic human being at the end of the day as well.
1: Joseph Parker's fought the better opposition. Again, former world champion. Uh, I mentioned that Andrew Ruiz win looks better and better now as time goes on. Uh, Joe Joyce though, the slight favorite just because of this momentum that he's on, um, unbeaten. He seems to be the fighter that no one can stop right now. Who do you make as a favorite, Gareth?
2: I I think Joe Joyce just to pip it, you know, to come strong in the late rounds and uh, take a decision. Uh, in this fight. But I think it'd be pretty close. I think it's going to be pretty close. Really looking forward to it. Sem- September 24th, uh, Manchester Arena uh, with uh, with BT Sports, of course, and, uh, and Talk Sport there as well.
1: Talk Sport will be there as well. Um, again, thank you so much for, for BT Sport for allowing us to do that interview as well. But it is live on Talk Sport, as Gareth said, and live on BT Sport. All right, you'll listen to Final Extra on Talk Sport 2. Next up, we're talking UFC 279 and a final fight in the UFC for now for Nate Diaz. And the company's newest villain, Hamzat Jemaev.
0: One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.
1: You're listening to find it extra on TalkSport 2 and myself, Addie Oladipo and the great Gareth A. Davis. All right, Gareth, let's talk UFC 279. I mean, I was thoroughly disappointed with all the, the boxing being cancelled on the weekend. And then when I heard that Hamzat missed weight, I was like, come on, I need some combat sport in my life over the weekend. And then it all just seemed to play out well for the UFC, right? They know how to somehow do all this. In the end, we got a main event of Nate Diaz versus Tony Ferguson, which just seemed right for some reason, like two veterans fighting. I thought Hamzat would have ragdolled Nate Diaz, if I'm honest with you. So it all just seemed perfect and a perfect way for for Nate to go out. What did you make of all the week? Hamzat now the heel of, of, of the MMA world and Nate Diaz fighting Tony?
2: Well, um, look, I think you can, you can construct lots of conspiracy theories around this, that, <laughs> that, that it, it, it was that, that some kind of um, Machiavellian scheme in the <laughs> background was trying to, you know, the decision was, oh, my God, this is going to look too lopsided with um, Hamzat Shemayev um, destroying Nate Diaz and maybe not the way they wanted Diaz to go out um, look, I mean, I've covered. I know Nate and Nick for a long time, a really long time. I've been to Stockton to see them. I've ever told you the story where I went to try and find Nate.
1: I would pay to go to Stockton to see. Yeah, him. well,
2: I mean, I did pay. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I, was, in, I was in California and I, I was in a hire car, and, and Nate had agreed to see me. Um, and um, I drove to their gym in Stockton. Um, you know, smashed window there, a little bullet hole through the corner somewhere, and I hung out in Stockton and. Um, waited for, for Nate and he wasn't there and he said, oh brah, sorry man, I, my girl made me go down to the beach today so I followed him around down to there then I ended up going to San Francisco to Gilbert Melendez's gym and he wasn't there and um, it, was like, it was like a Hunter S Thompson, I wrote a long piece about it, Fighters Only magazine a few years ago actually, like a few thousand words on it about driving through the bios and through the uh, over bridges and everywhere I went, it was the invisible Nate Diaz, and he sent me a text saying, oh, bro, I've moved on. That, and
1: I, that I, is so Nate Diaz. It's
2: yeah. well, spot on. Well, years ago, I went to see them in Pleasant Hill in uh, just north of San Francisco with Cesar Gracie, who I love to see there on Saturday night, his jiu-jitsu trainer, Gil Melendez, Jake Shields, Nick and Nate, the scrap Packers, they were called. I've got a scrap pack T-shirt, believe it. I don't have many T-shirts of people. And, uh, I went to see all the boys that day and spent the whole day with them. And it was actually ahead of Nick Diaz fighting George St-Pierre. Oh, wow. I had an amazing day with all of them. And, and, and uh, um, so, you know, I've, I've known them a long time and they're very kind to me. You know, they're, they're, you know um, I feel like they treat me like their mad uncle at times, but they're, they're, they're very iconic in the sport. So, so the whole backdrop to that last week, I actually didn't mind at all. it came to and I stayed up and watched the event live after getting back from talk sports on Saturday night. A very sombre show of course as we um looked deeply over the over the three hours at Adam Castle myself into you know the life of the Queen and so on and um and had talked a bit about fight sports. But I was really pleased because I I I thought the matchup with 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 um, with Ferguson was the right one in the end with El Kokui in the end was the right one because they danced well on the night. They yeah. they they, they, sh- they showed all their moves. They, you know, cause as we saw in the fight before them and I'm jumping ahead here a little bit but Chimayev destroyed Kevin Holland, wasn't it? Absolutely destroyed um, Holland in an amazing way as well.
1: I mean, By the way, so- I did not expect that. I, like, it, I, didn't I, it didn't surprise that, me. I know that um, Kevin Holland doesn't have the best wrestling but I thought, okay, he's you know, a supposedly a black belt in jiu-jitsu that if Jemayev takes him down, he'll be able to defend it, do something.
2: No, but he did. He just got him right. It, yeah. it, it was, it was, he's a beast. He's, he's as a monster. he said, a monster. I, I, I'm Muhammad Ali and I'm Mike Tyson. You, he's a monster. Do you think he turned himself into the villain on last week? I, I, I,
1: know, I, I think that he doesn't even care or know if he's doing it, but he was getting booed uh, by the crowd. He got booed at the weigh-in and I feel like, It's okay, I love it. I I love the idea of him. And that's why in my head, and sorry, we are jumping around here. I feel like because he's the villain, him versus Kobe Covington would be enormous.
2: It would, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. Go on. He clearly was struggling with the weight. It wasn't an act, Um, according to him, as he spoke to Joe Rogan in the Octagon afterwards. He was struggling with the weight, but he said, I would have carried on doing it. It was the doctor that pulled him out. And I, and that's believable as well, by the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He is a, what's he, six, two and a half?
1: Six, two and a half. He's
2: How... a really big welterweight. The big problem for him is this. As he's growing as a man, what's he now, 27,
1: 28?
2: Mm. I, I'm not sure. I think he's around that. that. His problem is he's not going to be the same at middleweight. Because they're all they're that all size. that big. Agree. You look uh, at, you look know, at
1: Pereira that's going to fight Adesanya. He's like
2: 6'5". Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and look, I'm not saying Shemaev couldn't beat Israel Adesanya. He, he could.
1: Oh, he certainly, but, he certainly can. Yeah.
2: Oh, he could. There's no yeah. question. But but at welterweight, he's a wrecking machine. <laughs> at 170, he's a wrecking machine. And there, there he is, Mike Tyson, Muhammad yeah. Ali. But at middleweight it all equalises. That's 50, that's another stone in weight. So just to cap that bit off before, because I know we need to talk about the end for, maybe the end for Tony Ferguson and maybe a new light for for Nate Diaz and his crew. Mm. Um, Chimaev is definitely an amazing talent. I think he'll be one of those lightning rod fighters that's brilliant for five or six fights and then probably wears out. I don't see him being around for five years doing it because yeah. I don't think that's there anymore for them. There's always someone else coming through. But yeah, I mean, he's an amazing fighter. He's from that that group, isn't he, that have come out of war-torn Eastern Europe. It's
1: scary. Um, it it's is, just, I, I find him a scary, scary individual. Yeah, um,
2: but he's, he's and I love the fact he's got Darren Till in, in there
1: now. Yeah, that almost seems to like, it's a weird mix having Darren in there, who's a, a jovial, fun, can be serious character. It's just really weird, but it he's works. He's a great
2: person to have around, I think, um, Darren very, Till, by the way. That very, very good. He's a great person. And he's helped he's helped Jumayev, um create humour around himself and a different kind of feeling at times as well. I, think I, I was
1: thinking, and look, Gareth, you, you've covered the UFC from the, the get-go, really. You've you, you followed it from really the beginning, but I was kind of thinking, Obviously, Connor had this amazing rise, but I can't remember a fighter after only, what's he had now, four fights in the UFC, Jemayev? I can't remember a fighter with this ascendancy, that quick. Like, just that fear factor. Like, I was looking at his social media numbers as well, and they've just literally gone through the roof.
2: Yeah, but they haven't got many natural stars, stars yeah. that they can grow yeah, at the moment. Yeah. You know, Khabib left early, Conor left early in a certain way, um, or, or left in um well Con- Connor's Connor It's a, it's, yeah. a, it's an up and down story. John Jones hasn't been no. there but it looks like he's coming back this year which is amazing. I think Darren Till's fighting later in the year as well he is. I think they're all New York fights aren't they um um or, or his, his is <clears throat> um they need these stars and they've got a huge PR machine a huge marketing machine so um in that respect um you know if you've got it They'll
1: flaunt it. Uh, let's wrap and we'll end. Let's give the final say to Nate Diaz. Um, again, just especially someone that came in off the back of his brother Nick, and Nick was the superstar, and Nate was the guy from I think Ultimate Fighter I think Ultimate Fighter Five. Yes, Nate. It, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the career he's had, obviously highlighted by that win over Conor McGregor. Yeah. Um, it looks like he will go into boxing now. Potentially, he could be fighting Jake Paul if Jake Paul gets past Anderson Silver, That's where the money is for him. Um, how would you He's sum a bit up-
2: too good a boxer for Jake Paul. Oh, a,
1: a, a far too good. Idea. I don't
2: see that happening. I mean, it's a very bad. It's a very bad matchup for um for for Jake Paul. But having said that, I think Nate knows how to carry something as well. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it, again, it's that blurred gray area. You know, that we have to think, we have to stop ourselves and go. Let's consider this again in the in the in the environment and in the roles that we have. And, and broadcast very seriously about it because, um, again, it's still on the elements of freak show. Um, yeah, no,
1: agreed. I know, mean, have Jake be-
2: Paul signed to fight Anderson Silver, for goodness sake. Um, you know,
1: yeah, um, yeah, you have to be very careful with these matchups. I, I, don't,
2: I, don't, I know we're finishing the show now, but I think that's a weird matchup, Anderson Silver and Jake Paul, frankly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Um, Nate did say um that. Well, he I has,
2: see Jake Paul getting knocked out.
1: I see Anderson Silva destroying him. Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. A- that's yeah, what Anderson. I see.
1: That's what I hope happens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, forty-seven-year-old Anderson Silva, but that's what I hope happens. Very quickly on this one, Nate did say that he is the original Ultimate Fighter, and you look at the longevity, and you just mentioned their fighters coming in and out quickly, four or five-year stints. He's been there since Ultimate Fighter five. And I know he's had his breaks, you know, arguments with with the UFC top brass, but look at the run that he's had and the fighters he's fought. He is the original ultimate fighter, isn't he? When you think of what it's all about, he's that.
2: Yeah. What is it? Is it 15 years in the UFC or something?
1: 15.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's it's unbelievable. That kind of thing ain't going to happen anymore, brother. That ain't going to happen anymore. Um, They're all, the way they fight now, the way they're conditioned, um, it's a seven-year career max for me. For those guys in the UFC, that's a long time now in the UFC. Fifteen fights in the UFC now oh, is man. a long resume, especially if you're going up. Yeah, incredible guy, incredible career. It's been privilege. I mean, I think I don't think he'll go anywhere, but it's a privilege to be around those guys because they're so unique and so authentic as well in who they are and how they are and how they do
1: it. Certainly are, uh, Gareth. You're authentic and you're unique as well, my man. Appreciate it as always. Thank you very much. You have been listening to Fight Night Extra. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.